Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Okay, get ready to write this number down. Go grab a pen. I can wait. Got it? Good. Okay. Toll-free, 866-405-8405. It's a toll-free number to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani to ask your questions about your pet, whether it be a medical question, a grooming question, whatever questions you have, or if you just want to check in with us today, 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to find out what it's like to be a dog. We all think we know what it's like to be a dog. Gregory Burns, he's a neuroscientist. He has actually put dogs into an MRI machine, which has got to be a feat in itself. i I got to figure out how he did that. Uh, but uh, he's put their brains into an MRI machine, dog included, the whole the whole dog. <laughs> the and dog and its brain yes, now? <laughs> dog and the brain all together to find out. You see, they put me in. They didn't find anything. But they put them in, and they found out some pretty interesting information about how they feel and what they think. And he'll be here to share it with us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, who has uh, at least two brains, what are you working on? No, hardly, Hal. Um, I did find this awesome. I love Consumer Reports because I always like to feel like, you know, you're getting your money's worth. Sure. But Consumer Reports has named the best pet travel website. And I'm going to tell you what it is because we all need one at one time or another. Sure. Do you travel with your pet? Yeah. Are you kidding? I, I don't think we go anywhere without them. (laughs) <laughs> Do you fly with them, or you take them to hotels? Um, no, I don't fly anymore. In fact, vacations are pretty much limited for us as to, you know, well, can the dogs go? Because I don't trust anyone else to take care of them. I really don't. You know, what's interesting is Judy's a pet sitter, and she uh, she has a lot of people that call up, and they'll actually plan their vacations around Judy's schedule because they don't want to leave town unless Judy's... <laughs> There to sit there. I think Judy's seen that more and more people are taking their animals with them and going places with them. I certainly... They uh, do. Yes, uh, they do. We take Ladybug places. Yeah. How about you, Doc? You know what? I have to say, I was recently, I did some traveling and I was at an airport and I'm walking along and there's dogs everywhere now at the airport, if if y'all notice. And come in one direction, another dog starts barking, lunging and almost attacking another dog. And I turned to the guy next to me and I said... Boy, it's tough when you see a service dog attack another service dog. And of course, I was tongue in cheek because clearly this was not a service dog. It was a, a pet owner who had just gone to the black market and gotten the little got the vest jacket yeah. and was just making a bad name for people who are doing it because they they truly need a pet, have a health or a um, condition which requires them to have it. So I just I want to shame those people when I see that because that's bad examples. Well, yeah, certainly when Absolutely. you see them when you see them on the plane and the dog is misbehaving, you know that's not a service right. dog because service dogs generally are are very well behaved and mm-hmm. uh, don't get distracted easily. So mm-hmm. yeah, that is too bad. Uh, but I do see that there are websites all over where people can get uh, badges and identifications and all kinds of things. But it's also something that you have to keep up on because Tater was a, serv- a certified psychiatric really? uh, service dog. Yeah. And um, I got to tell you now, several months later, uh-uh, because we haven't been working with him, he is no longer in that program. Um, and because of things that he went through, they don't want him to be a service dog any longer. 
because they don't know his triggers at this point. Still, I, I wouldn't dare tell anybody he's a service dog and then watch him, you know, do something <laughs> uncalled for. <laughs> Certainly. Okay, so if you want to learn more about the uh, best place to find your travel or make your travel plans for your dog or cat or iguana, Lori will have that in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's head to the phones for your calls. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to talk to Doctor Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Just like their owners, pets get older. Ugh. The joints stiffen up, and and jumping for joy suddenly becomes more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health. Thanks, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, Aisha. Hi. You must be a child of the nineties, a young gal, huh? Oh, well, you're flattering, but not hardly. A child of the 70s. Really? Aisha? Yeah, Aisha. I thought, I thought I thought Aisha was kind of a newer name, no? No, it's one of the older ones. All the other shuds are the newer ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of the old shuds. So what's going on? I have Dr. Debbie right here. I understand something's going on with your animal. Yes. Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you doing? Hi, super. And how about you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I have a three-year-old Doberman. Her name is Diamond, and she has, um, well, we're calling it incontinence. She um, will lay down, and it's kind of like she potties in the bed. She'll be laying on her dog bed, and she'll just urinate. Um, Not defecation, but urinate, and so, like, pretty much she'll be laying down, and when she gets up... um, there's a nice little potty spot where she where she okay. was laying, um, and she's she's great. She's a wonderful dog. She's great with the kids. I would love to have her sleeping, you know, in the kids' room on a dog bed or something like that. But I or even on the bed. But I just can't trust that we won't have that problem with the urination. Sure, and, and, um, just, and she's pot- pottying outside during the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's not a potty training issue. She knows to okay. go outside. Uh, we have we don't really have a doggy door, but we kind of keep the back door open from time to time. And she'll go on outside and go to the bathroom, defecate outside. Um, it just it seems like usually when she's sleeping, if she has been asleep for a long period of time and she gets up, whatever blanket or area she's on, there's a nice little urination spot right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And Alrighty, so, um, and... and I've been told that there's medication I can give her, but no one seems to know the name of the medication, anything about the medication, um, so just your thoughts. Okay, absolutely, yes. And when we have a dog, especially a female dog, that is incontinent, leaking urine when they're sleeping or relaxed or getting from a lying position getting up, um, yes. we we tend to look for female um, incontinence um, medications. And is she spayed by any chance? Yes, she is. She is. Okay. Because the, the number one population we see this in is the spayed female dog. And some some thoughts actually recognize this problem could be as high as 15 to 20% of dogs that are spayed. It's oh, one okay. of the reasons that nowadays many um, folks with the laparoscopic spays are actually just removing the ovaries because it's uh, thought to maybe be implicated with that. Um, okay. But, yes, so there are some very useful medicines. And I can tell you my own Labrador is on two of those to help control her problem because oh, wow. uh, it was, yeah, I recognized it in my dog at two years of age. Um, okay. And so the first-line medication, um, well, I'm going to back up. 
first, the, always what I'd like to do first is to check a urine sample, make sure nothing's going on in there. No signs oh. of infection. Make sure there's no crystals that might make us worried about bladder stones, things of that nature. Um, once that's good, then I'll look at the medicine. And the first one we go to is uh, phenylpropanolamine, or okay. Proin is one of the common trade names of that. And that's something that it's generally given twice a day to three times a day and um, can, for many dogs, do wonderfully to help improve the tone in the bladder so that we don't have these leaking episodes. Um, Beyond that, there is also an estrogen compound. It's called diethylstilbestrol, and we abbreviate abbreviate it DES. Okay. Um, okay. And it, it has to be uh, compounded at a outside pharmacy that uh, makes prescriptions. Um, so you probably won't find that readily at your veterinary office unless they already have someone compounding that. Okay. Um, and that um, is not always the first choice because it's an estrogen compound, and we have to kind of watch to make sure we're not giving too much, um, that it can suppress the bone marrow. We can relieve lead to problems with uh, anemia. Um, okay. I've never seen it. Um, it can happen, and we worry also about, you know, giving too much, causing estrogen stimulation, so maybe feeding the concerns with breast cancer. Um, okay. So we want to use this cautiously with veterinary supervision, but I can tell you um, that yeah, drug... Yeah, what, um, what is your dog? You said your dog is on what? She is on both of those. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, and um, we actually had her on the phenylpropylamine for quite a few years, and she did well with that. And then eventually we lost control, and she started having leaking. So we added in the DES, and that's usually added in. At first we start on a daily basis, and then some dogs we get down to just maybe once or twice a week, and that kind of helps control. And it's interesting, both of these medicines, when they're used together, they they work better than one agent by themselves. So um, it's not unusual that we'll we'll use them together for a pet. And I'll have to tell you that, um, you know, Dobermans are definitely a breed that can have an incontinence problem even if they're not spayed so um wow. we do okay. see that um very commonly in these in these gals so uh could it have um, anything to do with the tail docking or is that just not not it probably not um and, okay. and i mentioned okay. that you know there's some thought that perhaps uh having surgery in that area basically having the uterus removed might cause some change to the nerves in the area or to uh, you know the the structure in that area but okay. um um, now, and then there are some other more extreme techniques, and I can't tell you I've had anybody go through them, but I've heard of some fellow colleagues um, that pets can have collagen injections into the bladder. Oh, wow. And that um, helps to give a little bit of a thickening to the bladder. And for many dogs, that may work wonderfully, but it can have a temporary effect, so they have to go back for you know additional treatments. And that's usually done at specialty centers, um, vet schools, things of that nature. So, okay, um, okay. Not widely used okay okay um thank you we wish you the best of yes. luck with that aisha thanks for calling okay thank you so much toll free 1-866-405-8405 this portion of animal radio underwritten by vetra science give your pets the extra support they need from glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress vetra science has supplements for all your pets needs thanks vetra science for underwriting animal radio You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Join Fido Friendly Magazine with presenting sponsor Petco Foundation for the ninth annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Brought to you by media sponsor Animal Radio. 
Car sponsor Legends Car Rentals, companion sponsor Evercare, and safety sponsor Sleepy Pod. The tour stops at shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support adoption events. Check out FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops in a city near you. And you might just find your new forever friend. This is Animal Radio, baby. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. If you're a dog owner or even a cat owner and you look down at your uh, animal... Do you wonder what they know, what they really are aware of? How aware are they? Do they have a sense of humor? Do they laugh when you tell them a joke? Because I think my dogs, they laugh all the time. My do cats they laugh t- at you? They do. I don't know if they're laughing at me. I think they're just laughing at the jokes or whatever I have to say. But we're Do they f- love you or the food? Uh, That's what know, I want to know. Uh, really? I'm pretty sure it's the food. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to find out in just a few minutes. Gregory Burns is a neuroscientist. Would that be a doctor? Would that be Dr. Gregory Burns? Should I, I be addressing know. him as a doctor? Uh, like three times so. over, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be on in just a few minutes, and he'll tell us what it's like to be a dog. And I think he's been on before. Is that correct? Judy? I think so. Okay. He's written, I think, several books. It's hard to remember all the guests in 17 years of doing this. We've had quite a few. Yes, we have. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? We're about 10 minutes away from news, by the way. Um, got a huge story. You guys have probably, I don't know if you've heard or not, but a uh, big story about uh, an international fraud ring that distributed phony, very fake, uh, flea and tick medications for pets Ooh. all over the country. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, we're going to update you on that, tell you the latest place uh, where that case stands and uh, how many more people there are to catch and what you need to know okay i understand that there's a really good chance that you listening to the radio me right here that we've all been duped by this whole Pretty thing good. We'll, so yeah. we'll find out in just a few minutes right here on animal radio hey deb how you doing good how are you good where are you today uh, new jersey i'm at home in joysy how can we help you um i have two miniature schnauzers and one of them is a white schnauzer about eight years old, and she licks her paws constantly, and she's mm-hmm. got brown paws because of it. And is it just her paws that she's licking at, or are there other areas? No, no, just her paws. And I'd imagine she probably has that nice, lovely kind of reddish-brown kind of stain to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Typically, when we see paw licking, um, you will see that kind of staining of the fur, especially if it's a white-coated dog or a light in color, and that's from a pigment in their saliva, and it's called porphyrin, and it causes a brown staining. Um, so you wouldn't believe how many times I hear people say there's blood all over their feet, and it's actually that pigment that they're seeing. Yeah. So when that is happening, the first one thing we go looking for beyond broken toenails or any kind of injuries in between the toes, is we really look at things like allergies. And white schnauzers, oh, I sympathize with you because they can have their share of skin problems. 
and looking at the paws is just part of that. Um, as far as allergy-wise could be allergies to things in the air, can be food. So there's a lot of different directions we might go with this baby. Do you have her on any kind of uh, medications? Have you tried anything yeah. so far? Yeah, so far we've changed her food a few times. Now she's on medicine, but that doesn't seem to be helping. Um, okay. She's also on two five milligram uh, pills of prednisone every other day, and oh, I don't wow. think it's working. I don't think it's working. But then when I stop, it, it seems like it was working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Alrighty. And that's that's about all we've tried so far. Okay. Now, at any point, have we done any kind of sampling from her toe areas, from her feet? Uh, has, has your veterinarian no. looked at that to see if there's any infections there? Yes, the vet, the vet has looked several times. We've brought her in maybe a half a dozen times over the two years we've had her. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, as far as if we're dealing with just a presumed diagnosis of allergies, then there's a lot of different ways we can go here. I personally always like to get some sampling from the area because if we have any kind of yeast infection or bacterial infection on top of things, um, you know, even prednisone isn't going to be enough to tackle that. Um, but some of the better allergy therapies we can try, you know, if you're really interested in this, we can get into things like allergy testing and getting a pet on allergy shots to help prevent some of the signs of the itching, the licking, the chewing, all of that. Um, there's also a wonderful medicine called cyclosporin that I use for a lot of dogs that have chronic problems, especially when prednisone doesn't do enough. Um, so that might be an option that we can get at. Um, all of those different directions and then a good fatty acid supplement into the food. Um, and then the venison diet that you're using, I'm assuming you're not using other treats or snacks or goodies along with that. Um, I, I wasn't for like the past year and then we just bought some milk bones. Okay, because you know which, what that does then, right? No, I don't. If we're on a special diet, a diet that you're spending extra money on, and you give treats or you give snacks or table food or anything, you're just flushing all that money down the toilet because oh, okay. a, a hypoallergenic diet does no good if we still have other foodstuffs in the diet that can interfere with that. So um, if we really want to be sincere about giving it a good effort on that venison-based diet, you need to eliminate all those other things. That's like going to um, uh, Burger King and ordering the, the biggest burger they had and then getting a Diet Coke, right? I mean, it just... Hey, I do that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But yes, if you're counting calories, that's the, that's the wrong thing to do. And, and it goes the same way with this food, um, food allergies and food trials. So uh, if we really want to be very strict and give it the best oomph for the money, um, you need to really be faithful with that. And you can even try maybe looking into um, you know, a different way of doing a food allergy trial. And uh, you might try a hydrolyzed protein diet. Um, there's one by Purina called HA. Uh, Royal Canaan has one called HP. You know, there's all these different ones out there, but that might be another avenue. If if you think that you've given this a fair shot and it hasn't worked out, give that a whirl as well. Okay, very good. We wish you the best of luck, Deb. Well, thank you very much for your help. I appreciate it. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh one so your home stays clean and odor-free. With Brilliant Pad, you never have to see, touch, or smell the yuck again. You can learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's Veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, 
there has to be a better way. When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified fear-free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. There's a new break, a big one, in that big money international fraud that targeted those of us who buy flea and tick medication for our pets. Pretty scary, right? The latest break in the counterfeit investigation comes after a California man admitted in federal court that, yes, he had been selling unregistered and smuggled in animal pesticides online for 15 years. Wow. So you're thinking, you know, oh, good, I don't buy that online. Well, listen up. Because the phony products were sold at pet stores, too, in every state in the country. But it's more than just the U.S. that's been duped here. The anti-flea and tick products were sold all over Europe, the Caribbean, and Africa as well. And this guy made $2.5 million in profit, just this guy. So now, a grand total of seven men have pleaded guilty in this scam with one more guy to catch. An alleged major supplier in the ring is still uh, an international fugitive, and he is, in fact, believed to be in the Cayman Islands, so at least police are on to him. Mm. So you're thinking, if you're you know, like any pet owner, which I thought, too, hey, did I get swindled in this scam? It is entirely possible. Authorities say the phony products were labeled with well-known brand names. You know, I was thinking it was going to be like Flea X or, you know, a Tick X or, you know, something <laughs> off the off the wall. Sure. No. They were labeled with such well-known names as Frontline and Advantix. And they actually had a printer in California who did all of the package, the box printing, so that it looked identical to mm. what you would buy. I have to chime in on this because, you know, veterinarians get a lot of rap. People think, oh, veterinarians are just marking up products to make a buck. This is one reason why your veterinarian is the honest, trustworthy source of veterinary products. And sometimes trying to save a buck can put your pet in jeopardy. So, um, you know, th- this is ha- this is what happens when people are kind of looking around for the best deal possible. And, you know, buyer beware when yeah. it's cheap. Correct. There's a reason. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Lori. These were uh, actually marketed to veterinarians as well as online. Is that, is, do, you, do you know? Their, their quote on that was that it entered the legitimate pet pharmaceutical marketplace. And that is according to federal investigators without any detection whatsoever. And this has been going on for 15 years. And, and even, yes, some of the big name chain stores received some of the fake stuff. There was absolutely, looking at the packaging, no way to tell. And, And was it just fake? It wasn't real? Is that what the deal was? It's fake in that it wasn't really Advantix or um, Frontline, what it was because the Federal Trade Commission is investigating. So 
what happened, these guys were actually licensed to buy these pesticides for, I believe it was Africa, for another country. But the problem is, is that each country, each continent, um, different areas have different requirements for medications and pesticides. Also, the drug, Dr. Debbie, you probably use ciproflaxin a lot. That drug was also involved in this scam because the guys were licensed to buy it, but for different areas, they put it into the United States, and that's what happened. Yeah, and and I know that with veterinary products, there's a chain of custody that is involved, and and that is something that... um, drug manufacturers hold very dear. Now, once those say, if I wanted to make a buck and sell a product on the black market, it then leaves right. my hands and goes on the black market. So um, not saying that couldn't happen, but it sounds like what you're talking about is through more retail outlets is that this is um, kind of more the issue there. But if you're trying to protect your pet from ticks or fleas, um, you were putting something on them that wasn't as it was labeled to be, and, and also, then you can get Lyme disease, or your pet can get Lyme disease sure. even from, and you think you're protecting it. So, no. not yeah, it's all about in any way proper, you know, proper handling of medication. This is something people wouldn't do when you order medications from foreign countries. You know, there's how is that being stored? Is it been in a 120 degree warehouse? Um, so you can have degradation of product, and, and that can affect not just efficacy but safety. So, um, yeah. That's, that's why I say buyer beware. <laughs> Price should not be your only motivator for, um, you know, finding medications. Back when I used those, uh, those topicals or those, uh, that you put on the back of their neck there, I noticed that they became less and less effective. And I wonder, you know, was, was I a part of that? Duped. Was I duped? Uh, Dr. Debbie, what I'm wondering about is the ciproflaxin. Um, and so I'm not so much concerned about the flea and tick medicine personally, but boy, when you think you're giving your pet an antibiotic, but a lot of vets these days don't sell the medications in their, mm-hmm. their offices anymore. So right. how do we protect against that? Well, you know, the, the best thing I can advise people is, you know, work with your veterinarian. If they do carry the product in-house, then I have faith in that. If they do not, then I usually write a prescription and have someone fill that at a local human pharmacy. Um, we always want to have a product that is actually already made and standardized. So we compound when we have to. So that means making it up into special liquids or concentrations. But even that, there's some question on, um, is it efficacious? Is it actually, are you getting the amount of drug into the pet that you're supposed to be because of the different uh, processing and carriers and so forth? Um, so I really recommend to work with reputable on-the-ground pharmacies whenever possible and really try to reserve using mail-order pharmacies these internet pharmacies, um, unless you have um, a good relationship with them. I look for the VetVips um, logo, uh, which is a endorsing body for internet pharmacies, that they follow certain criteria, that they make sure there's a legitimate um, relationship with a veterinarian, that you're not just calling and saying, hey, I want Cipro for my dog, and treating it without any kind of um, true need. Um, and they also have standards for storage and delivery of those type of medications. So that gives um, some consumers some, I guess, some, some comfort that they're you know, not going in that horrible gray market where they don't know what's going on. I tell you, I'm one of those people who always thought, you know, oh, the vet just wants to make some money off of this, that special food or that, that flea and tick medication. But 
I would feel much better buying it from you now after hearing this. Yeah. I'll sure. tell you, you know, it's, you know, competition, price compet- competition is driving veterinarians away from stocking these things. And it's, um, it's no longer worthwhile. You know, you know, veterinarians are getting accused for marking products up and, you know, everyone's got to, you know, make a um, profit on things that sit on your shelf. Um, so whether it's through us or through a local pharmacy, I don't care where it goes. I just want it to be, uh, reputable. The website, tripswithpets.com, has unveiled its brand new list of dog-friendly breweries across America. Um, I don't drink beer, but hey, uh, a winery too, I'm sure, is included in there. (laughs) It joins their list of dog-friendly restaurants, beaches, and other attractions. Plus, they also feature on this site airline and car rental policies for pets, just so you know, and pet-friendly vacation activities, for example. Did you know you can take your pet on a whale watching trip, uh, mining excursions for gems, go to wine tastings, uh, apple picking activities too. Some of these allow pets and they will tell you which ones. I mean, I think that's cool. So it's not just, you know, dog parks around the country. It was, um, I think this is a great endorsement by Consumer Reports. They named it Best Pet Travel Site. And they started out back in 2003, but they've really grown now. They're, uh, in fact, partnering with the big names like Expedia for pet-friendly hotels and lodging, which uh, they even feature some bed and breakfast and vacation rentals that are pet-friendly. And police in Cleveland are looking for spam. And we're not talking about that horrible stuff that comes in a can. Hey, wait, 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 wait. I love that stuff. (laughs) Do you really? You probably like Vienna sausages, too. I'll pass on the Vienna sausages. (laughs) (laughs) They're not looking for your your email trash, either. But what they're looking for is spam, this little 15-pound pet pig that was stolen from his home during a recent break-in. And the owner says this little guy is just terror on four hooves, and she's worried. And, you know, she said the burglar, hey, you guys, you can keep my electronics and all my jewelry, but please just give spam back. Uh, Apparently, though, the thief was captivated by this tiny pig because, obviously, they took it, or he took it, or she took it. But Spam's siblings, a dog and a cat, were still there when the owner got home after the break-in. So, I mean... Um, I wonder if their feelings were hurt that they weren't stolen. Them too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Poor spam. It's a cute pig, though. But I try not to feature many pi- mini pigs, not many pigs, but mini pigs because they called it a mini pig, and you know, I think we all know that there really is no such thing. They grow up and they get big. Yeah, we just had what a hundred and seventy-five pound uh, mini pig in the other day. <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah, yeah, she was a little on the heavy side, uh, shall we say, <laughs> but yeah, she was a mini potbelly pig. Jeez. So, yeah. Oh my They don't gosh. all stay beetle. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail 
and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll head back to the phones for Dr. Debbie and Joy Villani after this. Toll free at one 866 405-8405 and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. Does anyone actually own a Blackberry? I don't know. Do I don't even know if they exist anymore. I think it's a, a Washington, D.C. thing, isn't it? Politician. A lot of politicians. <laughs> Seriously. I think a lot of those. You're right. I, I know some people who, who still would do anything to get a Blackberry. Uh, what do you know? Hey, you know who we have on Skype with us right now is Gregory Burns. He's a the distinguished professor of neuroeconomics at Emory University. He's a, a neuroscientist, much smarter than all of us here. Put Combined, together. Put together, <laughs> even with Dr. Debbie in the mix here. Gregory, how are you doing? Great. Great to be here. You have a brand new book out called What It's Like to Be a Dog. Why did you decide to study dogs? Well, it didn't begin that way. So... My career has been using MRI and brain imaging technologies to actually study the human brain and how structures in the human brain give rise to various human emotions and how we process things like reward and risk and decision making. And it was about six years ago, I think, when I actually began wondering whether my own dogs felt anything like the way I do towards them. And had the idea of training dogs to go into the MRI completely awake, completely unrestrained, to see what they're thinking. Well, wait, wait, wait a second. You can't barely get me in, into an MRI <laughs> machine without freaking out. How do you get dogs in there and get them to sit still? Because they got to for that kind of uh, uh, imaging, don't they? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's exactly the same as, as for humans. And uh, so, you know, for those of you who haven't had an MRI, probably the biggest thing for humans is that it's it's very claustrophobic because it's a very tiny space and it's really loud, kind of like a jackhammer. And so what we did was we built simulators of an MRI. So I still have in my basement a big tube uh, to simulate that. Wow. And then we started just kind of working through it piecemeal and we basically made it a big game for the dogs because the dogs don't have any preconceptions about what an MRI is. And so by pairing it with lots of treats and lots of praise and balls and games, we made it just a big, fun machine for them. I think it would be safe to say that you were the first and probably the only person ever to do that. We think so. What did you learn? So when we started, we did very simple things like teaching them hand signals, like one hand signal means hot dog and another hand signal means nothing. And what that did was that allowed us to zero in on their reward systems to confirm that it functions basically the same as human reward systems. And then as the dogs got better at this and we got more and more dogs and their people volunteering for the project, we did more complicated things like look at the relative value of food versus praise to the dogs. And so this was kind of a key question to me, whether dogs are essentially our friends just for the food or whether they have anything like love for us. And what we found was that, indeed, their reward systems activated just as much just to things like praise, you know, saying good boy, good girl, um, as much as food. And in many dogs, it was even more than to food. So were there any certain breeds of dogs that were easier to work with or gave you better answers? Well, we have a lot of retrievers in the project, but I think that's 
largely reflecting how popular that breed is. Um, and we have lots of shelter animals too, so just lots of mixes. And my own dog, Callie, was the first to volunteer, and, and she came from a shelter. So there's so much variation between the breeds, both physically and somewhat temperamentally, that we haven't really attempted to answer breed-specific questions. But what I can tell you is is that there's a tremendous variation from one dog to another. And this, I guess, is not too surprising coming from the human literature where we find big differences between people. So when, when we ask the question what it's like to be a dog, that's, that makes almost as much sense as saying what it's like to be a person. And really what we're studying now is what makes one dog the way they are relative to another dog. What about with respect to empathy or humor, sense of humor? Were you able to find <laughs> any of these? Well, we, we haven't looked at humor. I mean, that's that's actually quite difficult even to study in humans um, because it's obviously very subjective. But one of the things that we have studied, and, and this actually is an element of humor, is the result of surprise. So to us, things are funny because something is surprising in, in a particularly novel way. And so it's clear that dogs' brains respond to surprising things in many of the same ways as we do. And, and, and it seems to be a key part of their reward systems as well. Now, I wouldn't necessarily call that humor, but I would call that expectations and, and surprises being quite important to them. What would you say the one thing that even surprised you that you, you came away saying, wow, this is, this is truly incredible? Um, probably the experiment we did a, a couple of years ago looking at how they process faces. So prior to doing this, it, it had been known that there are parts of the human brain and even other primates that are dedicated to processing faces. And I guess this is not too surprising considering how social we are and, and how much information facial expressions carry for us. But it wasn't known whether any other animals cared about it like we do. And so we set up an experiment where we showed pictures to the dogs while they were in the scanner. And the pictures were dog faces, human faces, as well as everyday objects. And just like humans, we found that they have a dedicated part of the brain to processing faces. It, it's really incredible. It sounds like an incredible book. I'm going to cr try to crack it open today and learn a little more about what you've learned, what it's like to be a dog, and other adventures in animal neuroscience. The author, Gregory Burns, joining us. I have uh, five copies to give away. Yes. Five copies, toll free at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your favorite bookstore and pick it up, What It's Like to Be a Dog. Gregory, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're listening right now, no doubt you probably spoil your pets 
you you probably treat them maybe better than I you. I do. I do. Yeah, we. I think we all do. Here. See, I don't think about it as being spoiled. I just treat them like I'd want to be treated. Yeah. Well, you treat them pretty good. You uh, paint uh, ladybugs' toenails. Yes, you, I do. You give her a little salon treatments and nice baths and yes. all kinds of things. There are resorts now, and you probably knew this. There are resorts there that are specifically designed for dogs and cats. Mm-hmm. And these resorts, you know, they'll they'll pamper your animals. They'll treat them absolutely wonderful. You're not allowed to go there, unfortunately. <laughs> Only the animals. And there's actually a, a brand new one, part of a chain. An $8 million building was built in Rockville, Maryland. It's the Old Town Pet Resort. Really, $8 million to build a, a pet resort. They must be raking in some cash there. Yeah, how can they afford to build something like that? Now, we do know the pet industry is a $65 billion a year industry, and it's growing exponentially. So we're spending the money, apparently, to put our animals in these resorts. Uh, we have a friend, Kathy Alter. She's a journalist for the Washingtonian Magazine and some other, other trades. And she got the honor of spending a night in this old town pet resort. What? And I know it's a dog and cat only How resort. Fun. Yeah. But she was able to finagle her way in and spend <laughs> the night there so that she could find out what it's like to be a dog or a cat staying at this posh wow. pet resort. Uh, so That's really cool because I've had people ask if they could stay and they would be willing to sleep in a dog's kennel so they could be with their pet at night. Really? I have, yes. I've, I've had to almost like fight people off the doors because they insisted they wanted to sleep with their pet when it was hospitalized. And I, I just explained, you know, we're not approved for that. I can't have you sleep in the clinic. Yeah. Oh, and the clinic's not as posh as one of these resorts, <laughs> but no, I can understand no. them wanting to be, be with their pet, certainly. Uh, but, uh, so we'll talk to Kathy in oh, about 20 minutes from now. Right here on Animal Radio, and she'll tell us what it's like to be in one of those resorts overnight. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? There is one state in the nation that is going to be, I, I, I would bet, if anybody wants to bet on this, is going to be the first in the nation to become the first anti-puppy mill state, statewide, the whole state. Really? You know, yeah. I'm thinking New York. That'd be cool. New York or, or Jersey, probably. Uh, it's a big state, so... No, Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. Not, not Pennsylvania. That was, oh, that's right. Right. I think it's uh, the number one state for puppy mills. We'll find out which yeah. state it is coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Did you guys tune in? Did you see the um, video uh, my clinic did on baby talk? No. What? Oh, when you mean baby talking to your animals? Baby talking in the veterinary office. Oh, and so I hate people that do that. Praise just as strong, if not stronger, than food as a reward system for for dogs. Wow. And I think that's something we have to mention, as much as we all love to feed our dogs. That <laughs> what are you saying? Verbal a, praise. A little verbal, verbal praise instead of a treat is what you're saying? Goes a long way. Uh, absolutely. A boy can go a long way. Uh, I don't think so. If someone comes up and says, Hal, you're being a good boy, or they offer me a, a Big Mac, I'm probably going to go for the Big Mac. <laughs> oh, come on now. If someone tells you, hey, Hal, you did a great job. You impressed me. I would use your services again. You're a reputable guy. Now, don't you feel good hearing something like that? Maybe a double-decker cheeseburger. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Really? It is veterinary. In the veterinary world, baby talk has a real place. (laughs) You know, we talk in this high-pitched, squeaky voice. gets dogs' attention. You know, it works with babies. And um, we use it as a reward. 
Um, so there's times when we're doing something to say a puppy or a kitten and we want it to be a fun, upbeat experience. So we maybe talk, baby talk them through the whole thing so they don't even notice they're getting vaccines, they're getting a temperature. And it's just such a, um, a fun way to get what we need to do, um, done. And I just, I encourage you to watch the video. It's a lot of fun. Some of my staff has a, a superior way of baby talking and, uh. Okay. We'll link I, to it from animalradio.ped. Yeah. yeah. I must have missed that one. I, the, the reason they're distracted from the shot is they're going, why is daddy and mommy talking to me like that? That is the silliest thing. Can't they talk to me like I'm a grown dog? I mean, really? Perhaps, perhaps. But, you know, it, it, in, in the vet world, it really can be a great reward for an animal. And then, you know, I just love it. And, you know, I think it's fun. Um, and, you know, if I spoil your baby and baby dog to the, the puppy dog, is it a problem? You see, that's exactly, if I talk to you like that, Dr. Dib, if I said, you're such a good doctor, you would think well, that I'm patronizing you. Talk, yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> wouldn't you, Debbie? I can't even do one either. <laughs> wouldn't you think you were be? We were patronizing you, and don't you think the animals think the same thing? You know, I I, I think there's certain animals that don't find it fun and don't find it um, really high in their value system. You know, like boss. You know, I don't really baby talk him too much, but there's certain things I'll say, what a good boy. And he looks at me and he goes, and and, you know, it it excites him. It gets their attention. But when I talk to boss regularly, I talk to him like I am to you right now um, because he's a very intelligent boy and I'm not minimizing his intelligence, but there's times when it's appropriate. Okay. There are two women who baby talk to Tater and every time they do he gets so excited it's like he can hardly hold his his wet wiggling butt on himself it just goes side to side and then he picks up his own leash like he's walking himself Aww. it's the funniest thing yeah it's very sweet but he's a he good boy it. he's such a good boy <laughs> if you want to talk if you want to talk to dr debbie right now just be a good girl a good boy pick up the phone right now and call dr debbie you sound like what adam sandler in his movies <laughs> yes, you, either, <laughs> you need practice how you need practice. baby talk practice huh? yes you do you can practice on me later <laughs> Ooh. Cover the ears. Don't we have a company policy against about that stuff? <laughs> okay, I embarrassed uh, myself. <laughs> it's toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Doctor Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science, just like us. You know, our pets are getting older. The joints stiffen up and jumping for joy a little more difficult. The Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help support joint health. And we thank Vetra Science for helping support Animal Radio. Eeny, meeny, miny, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing? I'll tell you, my question is, we have two cats and two dogs and a bearded dragon and, and, and many animals that we've had through the years. But um, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine told me that you do not have to routinely trim your cat's claws. That actually, if you look around your house, you'll see where the top of the claw sheds off. Yeah. Um, and as long as they have things to scratch on in your house, you don't ever need to trim them. That, that um, they're kind of take care of themselves. Um, it seems crazy to me, but I ignored my cat paws for about six months, and they haven't grown out and grown around into their skin. So I thought I'd ask if that, though, your opinion on that. 
Sure. Well, the the big question is if you're comfortable with the the feel of your cat's nails, because it is true that cats that have provided scratching surfaces will um, remove the sheaths or the layers of the nails. So their nails grow a little bit different. They just don't grow out. They grow out and up. So it's kind of more like an onion. So when they scratch, they're actually cracking off the top layers of the nail. Um, the problem is, for some folks, that nail that's left beneath there is sharp. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable. So you don't have to trim the nails for that benefit if they're breaking off those sheaths, but because some people find that it's still uncomfortable to have the tips of the nail catching on their clothing, their bedding, that they may like to have the tips trimmed for that comfort's sake. Now, the other thing would be for cats and dogs in the household, I think that sometimes um, that can help to avoid some potential like eye injuries if we have a little bit shorter nails on a cat than if they have that really kind of razor sharp tip, um, should they take a swipe at the dog's eye or something like that. Most dogs you'd think would kind of learn their lesson from a <laughs> well-respected cat in the household, but that's just one other thing that that can can do. So for me, I do like to trim cat snails every now and then, and it just depends on your cat and how well and how often they um, do their uh, kneading and their um, uh, cat claw stretching uh, around the house. Um, but I like to do it like every month or every couple months. And the one thing I would say is that it's very important to make sure your cat can at least tolerate nail trims. <laughs> because, um, you know, that's always kind of a joke in the vet office. <laughs> we brought my cat in for a nail trim and we go, oh yeah, great. <laughs> cat that's Sorry. never had its nails trims. Let's see how that well that goes over. <laughs> but I think part of that is to get them used to that when they're younger. Um, because a lot of senior cats have real problems with nail accumulation. So as they get more arthritic with age, they don't tend to break off those sheaths that they don't do that naturally, whether it's from discomfort, um, or just a medical, disease in general. And I do see a lot of senior cats, and we're talking cats usually over 12, that start to have problems where the sheath layers keep building up and it's very easy for the nail to grow into the foot pad. So I, I just like to do a little bit of preventative maintenance to make sure our young adult cats can tolerate having their nails trimmed so we don't get to that 12, 13-year-old cat that will just have a, a meltdown if we have to trim those nails and help them out in their senior years. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Yeah, how old are your kittens? Or are they kittens or cats? Oh no, they're cats. Uh, nine and ten. Oh, okay, so they're. Up. Oh yeah, so they're they're in the prime of their lives. And do they run the household? I got to ask. <laughs> um, they do. We actually we acquired another dog. Um, uh, we had we had one dog. We have an Australian cattle dog, and he came in to the household after the cat, and so they batted him around a little bit and showed him. They were bought, and so he avoids them like the plague. And then about a year ago, we got a pit bull, and um, she's been around cats. She's great with cats. But I think the cats haven't figured out what she is yet because sometimes they'll approach her, they'll touch noses, and then they walk away, and they still lambast the other dogs just terribly. So it's, uh, it's been kind of funny to watch. I think they're kind of like, she must be a big cat. We're not sure what she is. I don't know, you know. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, yes, cats, they, of course, roll the roots. Aw, super. <laughs> well, give them a hug from all of us here at Animal Radio, Jessica, and thanks so much for calling and listening to Animal Radio. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, calling from Florida. We get a lot of calls from Florida today. I, have you guys noticed that? Yeah, definitely. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has the supplement for all your pet's needs. 
Thanks, Metro Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio. And not a week goes by that I don't say to Judy, I wish I was your dog. Because, boy, she really (laughs) spoils Ladybug. I treat her like I want to be treated. She's my child. We're going to talk to a lady who spent the night in a dog resort, one of these huge dog resorts in Maryland where uh, they they give them top-of-the-line treatments, spa treatments, and swimming and all kinds of things like that. She wanted to find out what it was like, so she actually spent the night at one of these resorts, and she'll be checking in with us in just a few minutes to let us know what it's all about. So stick around for that. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, you know, that pet resort that you're talking about, Hal, is also is very close to Washington, D.C., so... A lot of, uh, you know, political pets maybe sure. making their way over political there. Political pets. Yes. Okay. And I, I was thinking about how am I going to tell you about this story I have coming up because there are no presidential pets anymore. Oh, that's right? too bad. Donald yeah. Trump has no pets. Yeah. So there, who is the person, we'll say, in the executive branch? Oh. <gasps> All right. Ah, uh, that's got a pet that just signed a book deal. I know, I know, Ooh. I know. I believe we have Sandy on line one. Hi, Sandy. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm the grandmother of this puppy, and I have the dog sit for two weeks, so I need some help. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old lab mix. I think he's lab and perhaps some pet. He looks an awful lot just like a lab. Great, wonderful dog, but he has this habit of running outside and running to a particular tree in the backyard and eating all the bark off of it as high as he can reach. Ooh. And it is very much, I, I, we think, an attention-getting behavior, but okay. it's, it's just immediate. And they've just purchased a new home, and he's already got one tree in the backyard destroyed, and then in a rental house where they were before, he did the very same thing. So he okay. just takes the biggest tree, and he runs to it, and he reaches up and just starts gnawing on the tree. <laughs> That is crazy. I can I can just kind of picture one of my dear Labradors doing that same thing. Oh, well, have you got any suggestions? Yeah, I sure do. And they're not going to be easy fixes. That's the thing I'll, I'll start with, is that it certainly very well could be that this is an attention-seeking behavior, especially if, you know, when you notice it, the arms go up and you go, Hey, what are you doing? Stop it! That because does that, happen, and he wants to make sure you've seen him do it, because he'll turn around and look and make sure somebody's looking. Oh, sure. It's a game then. That's That can be at least part of his trigger for that. And that's hard because we don't want him to do that we would the instinct is to correct them when they do this um but the real the root of the problem is is that we got to get back to the square one one is we have to decrease his access to this tree or to any favored tree that he might do this to Uh 
And the other thing is we've got to get his activity level up. We've got to get him tired. We've got to get him mentally stimulated. Dogs who do this type of behavior, whether it's chewing a tree or chewing your baseboards, your drywall, they are bored. And as much as we would like to think that we are the end and the be-all of their world, they can do so much more. And that may be things like sporting events, get them out running, get on a bicycle, have them follow along with you. We've got to get this guy tired. Um, okay. A sleepy or a tired dog will be less apt to be destructive and to have these kind of behaviors. So that's definitely one of the biggest things. Okay. Decreasing the opportunity is going to be a couple different ways that we can do that. If he's going outdoors to do his business, we can do that by, instead of letting him have free reign, take him out on leash. Take him out and actually supervise his activities outside. If he's left to his own devices, that's our mistake. That's not his mistake. So then we have to take back that access and control. Now, if that's not possible all the time, there may be ways to do fencing or even invisible fencing, which can be very helpful, especially people in rural areas where it's very hard to kind of keep a dog from accessing certain areas. And many dogs will respond very well to that. Okay. Um, backyard is fencing, but it's not very big. So you're, okay. you're thinking maybe putting, putting a fencing around the tree or something just so he can't get at it? That's one thing. The other would be to, the, to use invisible, invisible fencing, which is basically it's a it's a whole kind of apparatus you can have installed where if there's an area, a zone in the yard where you don't want a dog to go. And sometimes we use this for fence jumpers. So you put the invisible fence line up in front of the fence or the wall so that the dog doesn't get clear close to that. And then when they get close, they get an audio stimulation. If they don't, then they can get a zap. Um, and it's not for every situation, but for dogs that we just have no other way to control their access, um, then we can move to this. But my first choice is always just to go with the human control. Um, it's not it's not a replacement for us being lazy. Um, we should really take control of the dog first and foremost and control their comings and goings. Right. And then the other thing is that we want to definitely give a lot of opportunity for the oral outlet, for that chewing need. And uh, can't do it by itself, but add that into this whole mix of things so we offer food that he has to kind of work for. Those little busy cubes where you can hide dog food in them or treats and make him work for his food so that He's not working to chew on some other inanimate object. Okay. Um, many people will also kind of put the food in the yard and separate the feeding several times a day and kind of let them kind of work for their food in that way. So awesome. uh, you got a lot of work here. <laughs> That's the challenge with it. But, but you can definitely get to the bottom of this. The, the really big point is that there's no easy way out. And it's got to be a concerted effort with everyone in the house to make sure we're supervising this young buck. <laughs> we're all with you, Sandy. Thank you for your call today at one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh, clean one so your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. You can learn more over at BrilliantPad.com. And thank you, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. I I think there's a pet saying where there should be, kind of like the political saying, but maybe with pets it's, as California goes, so goes the nation. You're going to be hearing a lot more about this California Assembly Bill, AB 485, because it's looking to take a stand against puppy mills. And you're thinking, oh, gosh, everybody's doing this. Hmm. Well, if this is passed in California, it's going to put into effect a statewide ban on the sale of puppy mill pets in pet stores, allowing only adoptable pets from legitimate shelters and nonprofit rescue groups. And this will be the first one that it happens statewide. Uh, the passage of AB 485 would make it the very first time that an entire state has enacted a law like this. And it's expected to, in fact, pass pretty easily. Uh, now the bill will head back to the Assembly for what they call a procedural vote. Animal advocates say by passing this bill, California is going to cut off the supply to inhumanely bred puppies and prevent consumers from unknowingly possibly supporting puppy mills. And many state lawmakers say they see cutting off the puppy mill supply chain as a very important first step to putting unethical pet breeders out of business in the state for good. This is a statewide, that would be the first statewide one, but I think it's important to point out that both New York and California, many of the cities, the major cities, already have this ban in place. Right. I think there's, what, 35 towns in California that it's in place already, but uh, that's not enough. You know, I think California does lead the nation when it comes to the ways of pets. Oh, we hope. Hey, if you were on social media at all, boy, this was so tough to see. But no doubt you saw those photos before Hurricane Irma hit, where dozens of pets were left uh, tied up outside uh, to telephone poles, trees, stop signs, to weather the storm alone. Or possibly it could be that the owners were hoping somebody else would come along and take responsibility for the animals. And in fact, that is what happened. Animal Control in Palm Beach County, Florida, rescued at least, they say, 49 dogs and two cats who had been abandoned like that and tethered to trees and the like. But regardless, the Florida State Attorney's Office is now hunting down those people who abandoned their pets before Irma because they say leaving any animal tied up alone is already illegal in Palm Beach County, but they say that the added danger of the hurricane makes tethering your dog to something or your cat or whatever to, you know, a telephone pole, it makes it an act of animal cruelty and a felony. And the prosecutor there, the state prosecutor for Palm Beach County, says he's very passionate about this. And his quote is, we will find you and we will prosecute you. 
It just that story just really makes me sick because I, I've read stories of dogs that get tied up in their leashes, end up chewing their legs off, and just dying horrible deaths like that. I know. With all the flooding, there there could be drowning. They could drown. They can't get away. That's horrible. But if you yeah. look back to Katrina, what's changed since Katrina? Uh, a lot's changed. FEMA has has changed a lot and has made made it so that we can take our animals with us now to wherever we need to evacuate. Do you hear about? I forget what airlines it was. It was allowing yeah. which which airlines? I, 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 I don't know, but they were allowing people to fly with their pets to get them out of the area. But if you didn't mm-hmm. have a carrier, you couldn't get on the plane. And they turned one guy away who said he had gone to ten different pet stores trying to find a you know a carrier oh, yeah. kennel because they were all sold out. But again, this is a thing you should be prepared. You should always Absolutely. have crates, kennels, or whatever yeah. ready for evacuations for your pets. Especially for cats. You you have got to have a carrier. Yes. On a happier note, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Uh, The vice president's pet rabbit now has a book deal. Thank you, God. (laughs) I am sure you remember the rabbit named Marlon Bundo. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, he is adorable. And he's got his own Instagram account, but apparently social media, not enough for Bundo to conquer. MB has signed a book deal now for a book called... Marlon Bundo's Day in the Life of the Vice President, and it'll be out in March. Uh, he posted that in the book he's going to follow. He calls uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, around. He calls him Grandpa. He says, I'm going to follow Grandpa around all day as a BOTUS, that is, Bunny of the United States. <laughs> but actually, the book is going to be written by the vice president's daughter, Charlotte. And I didn't know this, but the illustrations in watercolor are going to be done by Karen Pence, Mike Pence's wife, and she's an award-winning artist. Huh. But um, as as cool as that is, still we have no word yet, and we're all waiting to find out. Is Bundo going to do a book tour? <laughs> I want to know. Hop to it. I'm Lori Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Well, it was almost a month ago that we gave 12 listeners the Brilliant Pad, the automatic self-cleaning dog potty, and let's go check in on them right now. Hello? Hi, Elsa. Yes. This is Hal and Judy from Animal Radio. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Do you have a moment to talk about the um, Brilliant Pad? Yeah, we we put it last um, last week. No, when we put the, the machine, honey, for the pets a week ago. Was it easy to put together for you? With the instructions? Yeah, without the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. What's your dog's name? Uh, one is Mia, the other one is Chiquita, and the other one is Lola. There's three females. How old are they? Mia is 15, uh, Chiquita is 5, and Lola is 4. And are they Chihuahuas? Two Chihuahuas, Chiquita and Lola, and uh, Mia is a Lassa, so Maltese, 
So if you get them trained to the uh, Brilliant Pad, how will that change things for you? Oh, that will be amazing because right now my house is on the... We, we have a big house, like a 2,000-plus square foot. Uh-huh. And right now we have to move to an, a small apartment until the, because we're adding an additional oh. floor in my house. So we are in a small apartment. So um, if they go to that to this new pad, um, that will be a lot easier because we have wood floors. Now we have uh, carpet. So uh-huh. they, they're confused. Oh, I'm I bet confused. they are. Like, uh, is the carpet okay to go yeah. or is okay to go to the pad? So we don't want them going on the carpet. No, and they did it. So that's why uh, when I hear about this pad, I say, oh, my gosh, that would be like the solution for my life. Sure. You know? <laughs> and I don't want to start walking them outside because they are all the time in my bed. So yeah. I don't want them to get dirty so easy. Well, Elsa, we're going to call you back and check in with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hello? Hey, Sherry. It's Hal. And you, Judy. Hi, Hal. How are you doing? Hey, Judy. Good. And you? Doing okay. Do you, do you have a couple of seconds to yap about the Brilliant Pad? Absolutely. So you've set it up. I have. Was it easy to set up? Super easy. Really? Oh, did, piece of cake. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did, you have, you didn't, did you use instructions or any kind of video? I used the video that was on YouTube. What are your dog's names? Ruby, Sophie, and Ivy. Ruby, Sophie, and Ivy. Now, did they use pee pads? Were they using pee pads before this? Yes. And were they good about it? Yes. Oh, really? So so it should be fairly easy to train them onto the Brilliant Pad. Have they had a chance to sniff it out and kind of discover it yet? Um, They have. um, Ruby, well, how to say, Sophie is my... Wait until everybody else pees, and then she pees last so that she has her scent on everything. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, I know. She's a weirdo. So, anyway, um, I, I'm pretty sure that yesterday when we came back from our uh, errands um, that Ruby had used it. Really? And it's possible... Yeah, and it's possible that Sophie may have climbed up on there and used it. She's my she's my um, trepidatious one about everything. Okay, so, but um, but I, I I wasn't able to determine who actually did it. But most likely it was Ruby. She's the one that has spent more time on it. She actually thought it was a bed for a while. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, how how do, if we get them all trained? How do you think this will change your life? Oh, it's so much simpler. I mean, all I did was come home and push that button, and it was gone. <laughs> and I, I know Judy I does this, too. Judy, you just push the button. You don't set the schedule. No, I don't set the schedule because I'm afraid if they don't, if my dog hasn't used it, it's going to just roll up, and I don't want to roll up a clean pad. Sure. So I just make sure that, you know, I, I'm at home with my dog. That's why. But I suppose if you're at work all day, you could set it for different intervals. But I'm home with mm-hmm. my dog, so I just, when I, know, when I know she uses it, I clean it and just push push the button. And it's just mm-hmm. so easy to just walk over there and push a button and boom, it's gone. And, you know, it doesn't smell. It really doesn't. So how long have you been using it? A couple of days now? At least four, yeah. And have you noticed any smell? None. Okay. Well, I didn't even notice the smell when I walked in and then they had already peed on it. Usually I can smell it when I open the door, but even though they had peed on the pad, the smell didn't permeate through the house. Wow, that's great. Well, this sounds like they're they're taking to it pretty easily and pretty fast. Yeah, as soon as I get Sophie to do it, I will I will call that an accomplishment. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so we're going to check back in with you in the next couple of weeks if we can. 
You got it. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. In today's automotive news, Nissan showed off the second-generation Leaf in Las Vegas and revealed some of the basic information about the car. But does it have what it needs to win? With a starting price of under $30,000, it's $7,000 less than the Chevy Bolt. But the Bolt has a range of 88 miles more than the Leaf, which may appeal to customers who suffer from range anxiety. The new Nissan Leaf comes with an e-pedal designed to accelerate and brake the vehicle, along with some new autonomous features. For more, go to ourautoexpert.com. I'm Nick Miles. Get away the Italian way in the new Fiat 124 Spider. With up to 164 horsepower and 184 pound-feet of torque, the Spider is the perfect performance vehicle to rev up for a top-down kind of summer. Visit your local Fiat dealer today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. That could mean sending them off to a uh, a hotel for a vacation or a spa or a salon treatment. Uh, because they do that for the animals now, and it's hard to believe, but there's a brand new hotel. It's a pet resort in Rockville. And I believe that's in Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. It costs, yes, it is. Is that? Okay. It costs mm-hmm. $8 million to build this pet resort. Wow. So you know it's got to be like top of the line. Uh-huh. Uh, joining us right now on the phones is Kathy Alter. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, Hal. Hi, Judy. Hi. And then there's Lori over here and Dr. Debbie. Oh, the, hi, the whole, everybody. The whole gang is here for hi you. There. Oh, all right. Hi. So uh, you're a writer, right? You yeah, shoot. I'm a local journalist here, and I write for some national magazines as well. But since I'm in Washington, D.C., I'm always looking for something uh, fun for, for me to do and then write about. And that's exactly what you did. You went to the uh, <laughs> Old Town Pet Resort in Rockville. Correct me if I'm wrong, that's exclusively for animals, isn't that? <laughs> yes, it is a luxury pet resort. It's actually the third outpost that they've opened, and it's their most fancy in Rockville, Maryland. And I got a press release where I read about the presidential suite, and I thought, well, I wonder if I could stay in the presidential suite, and that's how it all started. So what, you called them up and you said, hey, can I stay in the presidential suite? What did they yeah, say? What did they I say? Call, well, I called the publicist, and I said, do you think that they would let me stay in the presidential suite? And she knows me and knows that I'll do anything. So she said, <laughs> probably. And, I mean, it happened so quickly. I write for Washingtonian Magazine, and um, I'd never written for them before, but I pitched the editor and said, I can spend the night in a luxury pet hotel. Do you want me to? And she emailed me back in less than a minute and said yes. So before I knew it, I had my bags packed, and I was uh, sleeping among the dogs. The way they described the resort sounded like the Four Seasons, but it was really a lot less money. So I thought (laughs) it's probably a really good deal. (laughs) And I have a a six-year-old. 
And I thought, a night away from my husband. (laughs) That sounds great, too. (laughs) Well, explain the hotel, because... Uh, or resort, I should say, at $8 million, that sounds pretty yeah. high-end. You would not know. If I hadn't told you this was a pet resort, you'd think you were checking into the, you know, Golden Doors or Canyon Ranch. It is really nice. It's um, polished stone floors and an indoor um, saltwater swimming pool. And they have this special air filter system, so you don't smell any kind of animal smell. It's it's like tinkling bell music when you walk in. It's super, super fancy. And you don't realize that there's any animals staying there until you get farther back in there. But even the doors to the kennels are, um, you know, airtight. So you really, you don't hear anything, you don't see anything. Um, and there's a room, you know, there's like a beauty parlor. They have an exercise studio. They have this lap pool. They um, they read bedtime stories to the animals. I mean, it's I very. I love it. I love it, it. It was great, and I, you know, I have stayed in worse places, <laughs> so <laughs> it was really quiet, and you know, it was relaxing. I had a TV in my room, and they had my favorite music playing, and a Colgate University banner hanging. They did their homework, and I realized that they do that for the animals. They take special care and who's staying there. And they, they treat it very seriously, although I was kind of, you know, fooling around. Well, tell us about your stay. Did you, uh, what, what did you do? Did you eat dog food? Did you <laughs> no. get a, a pod cure? Yeah. I got a pot. Yeah. I, so they picked me up in the, in the van, uh-huh. you know, where the, I thought I was going to have to go in the back because I said, I want to do everything the dogs do. But I got to sit up in the passenger seat, so that was pretty good. And then when I got in, they did this little pet questionnaire for me. They wanted to know my likes and dislikes and what kind of food I liked and, you know, did I play nice with others. So I sat and I did that, and then I changed and went up to the exercise studio, and I took a Pilates class, which was really hard. (laughs) It was really hard. The dog I did it with was like a superior athlete. I mean, this dog (laughs) did not get tired. And after that, I took a swim with a big uh, Labrador retriever who was huge. When you did Pilates, did you have to do it on all fours? And did you have to, like, do the dog (laughs) paddle in the pool? (laughs) I didn't have to do my Pilates on all fours. I wish I had. It would have been easier. But I was on two legs and trying to balance on a ball, and it was difficult. And I I did do the dog paddle in the pool, but, you know, what else was I going to do? I was really scared of the dog, so I didn't want to put my head under the water because the dog was really big and chasing stuff. So I, I had my eye on the dog. And then I uh, got out, and I had a paw cure with a this cute little puppy. And then it was time for dinner, and they served me my spaghetti and meatballs in a dog bowl. But they gave me utensils. Um, That's nice. uh, And then I got a bedtime story, and then it was lights out. Where can people learn more about your writing and uh, perhaps even see this article? Oh, yeah. Well, there's pictures and everything. In fact, I've been recognized more from this article than anything I've ever written before. (laughs) And I've been writing for quite a while. 
So they can um, go to my website, kathyalter.com. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Oh, thank you. Kathy, thanks so much for uh, spending time with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, it's time for us to get on out of here. Don't forget, you can get your fix during the week over at animalradio.pet. And links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Have yourself a great week. I'm off to go study uh, my baby talk. My That's a good boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bye, bye, everybody. Everybody was good listeners show you today. Listeners. You were such good, good listeners. listeners. Oh, we love our listeners. They're such good listeners. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.